for 12 years in a row. Ranking Arizona's number one most trusted referral network, rosieonthehouse.com. And we're privileged and happy to have you. And over three decades of Rosie on the House. Well, good morning, all y'all. Welcome to Rosie on the House. Every Arizona homeowner's happy place. On a beautiful Arizona Saturday morning. We're here in studio this morning. I'm Rosie. It's my house. We share it with you all. In studio with me is my wife, sweet Jennifer. Morning, babe. Good morning. Yes, there open, you go. Open the door. We've got, got, <laughs> got to get the door open. That's right. We've got Gary D., our broadcast engineer, as always. And we have a special guest here this morning doing our call screening, taking Jennifer's ordinary position. We have Miss Alicia Singh, all the way in from Ohio. Yes, hello. Good morning. <laughs> Alicia is a student at the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism, majoring in journalism with a minor in French, and um, she's on the honor roll. Yes. So, <laughs> not sure why you joined us, but we're really glad to have you. Uh, that's great. <laughs> she's the smartest us. person in the room right now. <laughs> so, that's welcome, great. Alicia. Thank you. So, to get a hold of Alicia... Uh, you would ring our toll-free number, one 767 and let us know what it is you'd like to talk about concerning your house, home, castle, or cabin. Hey, I have a tip about that. You do? I do, I do. So, you know, we welcome your calls and emails and uh, texts during the show, and we're also at the office during the week, and many of you know that you can reach us. We're really here to help you. But I have to say, there are four of us that answer the phone. So if you call us, you might get Jen, you might get Julia, might get Lauren or myself. And we take the call, and we write it down, and we let you know that we'll get back to you as soon as we can. Sometimes we can answer the questions if it's a simple referral or something. But if you have an issue where you need Rosie's expertise... We have to stand in line <laughs> to get those <laughs> answers. Even I have to do that. So it may be a day or two or three. Rosie's really busy over at Rosie Wright Remodeling, loves to answer your questions, but is not available at a moment's notice. So his behind is in the broadcast chair this morning. Any Saturday, <laughs> any Saturday, you just for a few minutes wait, you can get a question answered in detail. So... And you get to even talk to him and have a back-and-forth conversation and get a really good answer. So 888 is the way to get a quicker answer. Well, great. And that's why we come to the radio station every Saturday morning, primarily to answer your questions about any dilemma, remodeling project, maintenance project, or repair you're trying to tackle around your house, home, castle, or cabin. You know, we're in a season of transition, as you heard all last hour, transitioning the lawn to the winter lawn, transitioning the planning for uh, right now is the best time to be planning, getting out there and re-landscaping your yard. Um, And we're going to kind of stay on that thread the whole show this morning, transitioning. And one of the things we talk about in transitioning, living on the desert floor of Arizona right now, is uh, the heater. 
<laughs> Some of you had to even actually turn it on uh, once or twice in the past week. And I would tell you, uh, if you've got a heat pump, well, to all the new people, uh, and there's a lot of you, a lot of new people have moved in from all over the country where you may have historically been used to get a furnace uh, where the heat of your home is actually generated by a flame from natural gas or from an oil furnace. And when you turn that heater on, it's blowing air out into your house at about 115 degrees or 120 degrees. So you can take your 98-degree hand, put it up to the register, uh, and you can just feel that warm air rolling out. You can direct the air so when you sit at that breakfast table to sip your morning cup of coffee and read the newspaper, that little warm draft can go, fall right on the back of your neck. It just feels delicious. Well, here in Arizona, as in other places of the country, we have an air conditioning unit that has a reversing valve on it. And in the winter, we air condition the outside and we bring the heat inside. It's called a heat pump. Now, that heat pump can only generate air that's about 90 degrees. Okay, so you're never going to feel that really welcome, warm draft of air hitting the back of your neck. Now, 90-degree air is warm enough to keep your house at the, you know, 70 or 72 that you want it. But it's a lot different. And the way a heat pump works is during the winter, the unit that's sitting outside is looking to find all the heat that it can outside and send it back into your house. So on a desert winter morning, like say about January, where we may have some winter rain and it's very damp and it's cool, you're going to feel like the heat pump is not doing a good job at all. <laughs> Especially You're, when it's you sit under the vent and it blows down your neck. It, it doesn't does. feel like a heater at all. It does. So just know that, uh, and, and you can get an auxiliary heater to put in that heat pump, and it works just like the burner on your electric cooktop. Uh, it's a little uh, bar that heats up red, heats up the air, and picks up more heat as the air goes across it, called heat strips. Very, very, very expensive to work. But for those of you with heat pumps that like to feel warm air, that's really your only option. Now, those of you with a gas furnace, this is, if you're only going to get your unit serviced once a year, this is probably, for safety's reasons, the most important time of year to call your trusted air conditioning contractor and have them come out and verify the integrity of your gas furnace. Have them check for leaks. Have them check the integrity of the burner um, before we have to start using that thing every single day. Okay. 
So we're talking a little bit about the life of an air conditioning contractor, uh, the difference between an installation technician, uh, an, an installer, or a maintenance technician. Now's the time. We hope you have a great trusting relationship with someone. I wouldn't encourage you to take advantage of any of the specials that you see where you'll get an inspection for a greatly reduced fee. That's a great opportunity for them to get to your house uh, for what you feel is going to be an economical check and repair. Uh, but it, get, it gets them on the house and it provides an opportunity for them to maybe milk the situation. So be careful. Find an air conditioning and heating contractor that you can trust and establish a relationship with him so they can get to know your equipment. I have more on that, but we've got Roland calling from Queen Creek. Let's go ahead and take Roland. We encourage y'all to call in. Roland did. Let's see if we can help him out. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Rosie. Thanks. My wife, bless her heart, managed to uh, purchase a cabin up in the uh, Overguard. Okay. And along the, the uh, north edge of the roof, metal roof, the screws have, they're sticking up maybe three-eighths to a half inch above the roofing material. Okay. Hey, Roland, quick question for you. Roland, is, yeah. are your keys in the ignition and your doors open <laughs> at your car? I bet you it's a Ford, too, because it sounds like that. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. So back to the screws right and the cat. Uh, will these screws just screw themselves out, or are they being pulled out of a, a roofing material? And this is... Do you have an opinion? And this is a new, a new cabin to you, so you haven't been able to watch this. This is just what you've observed. Yes. Okay. Well, those screws on a metal roof should have a ceiling gasket under the head and that should be down tight you don't want that screw up off the metal roof you don't want the wind to be able to pick it up and vibrate that roof at all you want it down firm and secure if i were you Roland, i'd get up there if you're comfortable doing it and just use a screwdriver and just seat them back. You don't have to. You don't have to set them hard. Just set them snug against the metal roof, and watch them over the course of this next winter and next summer. And let's see what happens. But they may have possibly not been set all the way from day one. Okay, uh, that's what I needed was some advice. All right. Well, they, they should be seated firm, so I, I hope that helps. We appreciate your call. Roland got in by dialing one 767 That's the same way you can get in. Uh, uh, ask me a question about your cabin. We've actually got some questions we're going to go to later today. A couple people this week wanted to know, how do I shut my cabin down for the winter? So we'll address that a little bit later in the show. But right now, we're here for you. We're talking about getting that air conditioning heating unit serviced now, this time of year. We've already had that first little cold flutter uh, blow across. We're warming back up. 
Um, the calls are going to slack off a little bit. Now would be a great time for you to jump on board with that air conditioning and heating contractor you trust and get them scheduled to come out and check your unit before it really turns cold. Awful nice time of year to be thinking about that new cabin up in Overgard. Fall leaves is what I'm thinking. Oh, isn't that the truth? Boy, the fireplace. Leaf, leaf of meters all the way up to mustard right now. So uh, the stories we're hearing from the friends that we have in the northern half of Arizona is it's a it's a pretty spectacular spring. I understand rooms are very hard to come by because there are so many people out on the leaf trail. Wow. I love it. We were talking about the transition period that we're in right now, this time of year. Fall, uh, as, as it is with many of you, fall is my favorite time of year. And we're talking about that transition from where we're trying to cool our house to where we're trying to warm our house. Talked to several air conditioning contractors this week, and I said, you know what? What, what's the number one service call y'all had in the last four months? And every single Rosie certified air conditioning contractor I talked to had the same answer, condensate. Because we had such a wet summer, the amount of condensation the air conditioning units were generating was causing problems um, in, the, in the very middle of the wettest part of August, my two air conditioners at my house were generating 15 gallons of condensation a day. That's just shy of 500 gallons a month, okay? And that condensate forms on your cooling coils just the same way it forms on a glass of ice water that's on your kitchen counter. And that condensate has to go somewhere. And it drips into a pan and finds its way through a pipe out to the backyard somewhere. A lot of times that pan is in a dusty environment, maybe even in your attic or with the insulation. And all of that water flowing out that pipe kind of brings all that debris to the opening. Eventually it clogs. And your air conditioning system has an emergency shutoff valve. When it senses your condensate is not draining, it automatically turns itself off. Because if it didn't, all that water would be inexplicably distributed amongst your attic or down your return air register uh, if you have a roof-mounted unit. Well, shutting off is a better option because then you know something's wrong then you know something wrong i have a question for you i know for at our house we um, recycle that water yeah we harvest it and so what do other people do with that water well most people just let it drip and it it drips right there beside the foundation of the house which is a terrible plan uh for years we used to put them down the plumbing vents uh but that's against code now Uh, so you have that moisture sitting next to your foundation for four or five months. Well, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about just all the flying things that were really 
prevalent because of all the moisture. We had wasp and, you know, bees and mosquitoes have been a really big thing. Well, they you, have this year, haven't they? Did you see in KTAR's newsfeed that it's the it's um, West Nile virus has become a thing? We've lost 10 people this last month with West Nile virus. It's, you know, it comes on like the flu. You think you're, uh, you may even have stiff neck, but those are that signs that you might have West Nile virus. But so it's a really important to, to deal with that water and not just let it sit there and create a muddy muck where these critters are just breeding and stuff. That's a great point. Let it let it drain. And I would tell you, I would put I would put an adapter on the end of the condensate that I could screw a hose to and get it out away from the foundation of your house. There's a really great website. I put it on Facebook. It's Maricopa County uh, Vector. And they have a nice list that tells you, um, you know, how to how to prevent mosquitoes in your area. You want to encourage your neighbors, of course, as well. So it's you can get your neighborhood cleaned up, but it's about you know keeping the standing water out of your house, keeping the critters out of your house, protecting your uh, body. They have just about 30 really great tips to protect your area from mosquitoes. And that moist spot isn't only an area mosquitoes may be drawn to. It's also an area with a little leaf debris there or g- grass debris uh, that crickets are going to be drawn to. And crickets are scorpions' number one favorite food. Where there are crickets congregating, there are scorpions feeding. So for a whole lot of reasons, um, that condensate ought to get distributed out away from the foundation in a way that it never, ever puddles. Because that's your biggest enemy when it comes to mosquitoes is a puddle of water where they're allowing the eggs to lay on top of the water. You don't have to worry about your swimming pool if you've got it chemically balanced. That's and circulating. A, and circulating. That's not the problem. So we've lost, did you say we lost 10 people? Since August 1st. Yeah, they've, and they've had like 361 is that cases like in, in Maricopa County. State? In our that's state, that, in, Ari- in, Mar- in Arizona. West Nile virus showed up in Arizona in 2003. And um, with this really wet year, um, they just there was just more chances, more availability for that to happen. So anyway, um, yeah, and Kenow County and Maricopa County are the ones that have suffered the most. Well, I've had all about all I'm going to take about these viruses moving into Arizona. I know, right? Let's get it. <laughs> We're going to build a virus wall somewhere or another. That's what we'll get done right here at Rosie on the House. Jennifer and I were out to dinner last night. We were sitting at one of these community tables where other people could come up and sit right across from you. And we got to talking with this couple who are dragging a trailer all over America. And they've been doing it. They're in their third year. Third of five. Third of five years. And they were talking about how big this trailer was. And they're from Knoxville, Tennessee. And they'd been to every state park and New Mexico, Montana, Wyoming. They were now doing the same thing here in Arizona. And so I had to ask him, I said, well, buddy, what are you hauling that thing with? And he answered, I said, oh, F-350. He said, no, an F-150. Thousands, tens and tens of thousands of miles the last three years 
hauling this ginormous tow-behind live-in trailer with a 150. That's just the kind of that's just the kind of service and performance you can expect out of your Ford vehicle. And if you're shopping Ford, there isn't a reason in the world not to get over to Sanderson Ford. 65 years in business, 64 acres of product. Uh, Jennifer showed me an article just this week. The number one most stolen car in America, Ford F-150. <laughs> Everybody wants one. And I'll tell you, uh, the selection at Sanderson Ford is, is terrific. They're going to treat you. Uh, they're even going to treat you better than family. They're going to treat you with respect, no hassle. Uh, go down there, pick out the color, smell it. Enjoy it, sit in it, take it around the block, or at SandersonFord.com, you can shop from home, and you can buy from home, and they'll deliver the car to your driveway. That's the level of commitment they've got to you and customer satisfaction at Sanderson Ford. one 767 The lines are open if you have a question, homeowner question. You can also text at 411923. Just make sure you pull off the side of the road, please. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Gary. Yes, that's right. We forget sometimes. You know, we got something in the mail at our home that I thought I'd look into, and it actually came from the city of Scottsdale, and it said, apply for a warm season grass removal rebate. I'm not particularly in the market for removing any grass. Uh, I like my backyard lawn. But you can get up to $5,000 removing grass from your yard, warm season grass from your yard in the city of Scottsdale. And that's not the only rebate they had. They had lots of rebates. And so I started exploring. I said, was Scottsdale the only city doing this? And I ended up at AMWA website. And no, in fact, a lot of cities are doing it. Avondale, Chandler, Gilbert, Glendale, Goodyear, Mesa, Peoria, Phoenix, Scottsdale, Tempe, Flagstaff, Tucson, and Prescott. So you can remove your grass and save on your water bill and get a little money besides. And that wasn't the only rebate available. So y'all ought to get a hold of your cities and municipalities and check and see what might be available to you. City of Scottsdale is giving you uh, up to $250 rebate for a new water sense irrigation controller. Up to 75 bucks for a water sense toilet. Up to 200 bucks for a water sense urinal, if you have one in your house. (laughs) Hmm. Um, Paw, uh, pool and spa removal up to 1500 bucks. So I, I thought that was incredible. Warm season grass removal up to $5,000. Deadline for applications January 31st, 2022. So it, it got me just looking at all the rebates that are available through all the different cities. And it was a real, a real attention grabber. So is that AMWA? Website a good place to start? It sure is. Yep. They've got a they've got a section there just on rebates and it takes you through all the municipal water users rebates that are available. Cool. So there you go. There you go. You know, we've been uh, 
kind of working on this living life worth living in place topic for a couple months now, just on and off, trying to um, encourage and help those who would like to stay at home rather than what? Well, I can tell you that since we've started covering this, you know what the number one request we get at Rosie Wright Remodeling for about the last four months? Mm-mm. Now, for the last six years, it's been mother-in-law suites. How, how can we fix this house to bring mom or dad home? In the last four months, the number one request we've got, Rosie, come fill my living room. Get that come sunken fill room my sunken there. living room. Yeah. Come, we just finished filling uh, like three master shower sunken tubs. Come fill them. We, we're, we're, we're done with that 1970s Jane Bond step down look. <laughs> well, and it's all for this reason. They want to stay in the house. Yeah. So one of the, this is kind of a big topic, really. I mean, you can't just talk about the house itself. Um, kind of start there, make sure that mom and dad are safe, uh, can, get, can navigate, can do the daily functions that they need to do. But then sometimes what happens is mom and dad slow down so much that they're lonesome. And everybody's life is still going on and busy, and they're home in this home they can stay in, but there's not a lot of contact. So um, I just did a little research this week, and I was thinking for Christmas, it might be a good idea to think about if your folks don't have or your grandparents don't have an email account or know how to use something basic in the computer like that, this would be a good time to help set them up. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people, we, we knew some friends who didn't get email till they were in their 80s because they were afraid of it. They were afraid of the, of the Internet. And there are you know, cautions, but I think... They didn't, even you know, have, they didn't even have a computer. Yeah. You know, when, when they first came out, our kids were in high school, and I said, we will never have that in our house. Ha! <laughs> now now uh, they're in our hands, and right? That's in the, ni- that's in the 90s, bodies. you know? Yeah. So it's not going away. And, you know, if you're, if you're older and you haven't established a relationship um, in the, through the computer, it really is, can be very um, satisfying as far as being able to communicate. And you want to be able to reach your people, and they can reach you. So anyway, to set up an email, um, I just want to give a, a shout-out to Kim Commando. Her website is so robust, and the amount of information she has about the computers and staying safe on it and resources is actually mind-blowing. I don't know how they keep up in a cha- world that changes like this does. But if you just were to go on our site and search um, safe emails, which I did. And so I signed up. Safe. Safe. Safe, oh, yes. Okay. So I signed up for one, um, and it's called Start Mail. And you're, you're going to balk a little bit because it costs 60 bucks a year. But it's private, and it will keep your information from being shared. You know, I have thousands of pieces of junk mail in my email just because I can't keep up. And Google, I have a Google account, so it divides it into primary, then social, then promotional. Okay. I don't have time <laughs> to keep up with all the things i got to delete, and um, even in your main mailbox. So it's, it can be really frustrating. I signed up. I'm going to start. It's a, and she even shows you on the website how to change over if you already have an email, um, you know, to make it less painful. Um, but anyway, that's a really great one to start with because – where people get in trouble with email is clicking on things they shouldn't, not recognizing spam or phishing, you know, the... Yeah, that, digital the, phishing. Right, where they're trying to get your information or maybe sharing things that they shouldn't, like a social security number. Um, so anyway, you know, I think that would be a great gift, start mail, to set that up. 
um, teach them about passwords, teach them how to keep track of passwords. That is the bane of my existence is keeping track of. Oh, um, amen. And she even has a little um, system you can buy to protect your, you know, keep your emails. And if you use Safari, a lot of them have it. They have a a little capture where they can keep track of your passwords. And it, you know, even if you get them started, chances are they're going to need help continuing because unless you use something every day and a lot of times, it's kind of like the first time every time you do it. I found that with my folks. You kind of have to address it over and over again. But that's a great gift. And it's a gr- gift of connection. That's interesting. My mom is 99 years old and she texts us. Awesome. Awesome. But, but she does it by voice text. Now, there are times I have to pull out the secret decoder ring <laughs> because some of the words don't come out very well, but I pretty much, I, I, we can generally understand what she's saying. Does she have a thick accent? Yeah. I mean, is it like no, you No, know, she doesn't. She doesn't. No. But, but can I point this out? Baby K will be 90. Yeah, well, uh, I, I was going to uh, talk about her birthday. I wasn't going to say which one. <laughs> well, I, I was, I, I didn't. Okay, well, well, I, no, I, that's good. It that's came funny. up this morning. I got to thinking about that. Baby K is ninety. Yeah, my mom is ninety nine. They both grew up in South Louisiana at a time in the what forties. Uh, sure, yeah, yeah, right. What do they attribute for living so long? At, at a time when we, we didn't have this technology, we didn't have like. Diet foods. I mean, it was the real McCoy. It was the real butter. Deal. Lots yeah. of butter. Butter. <laughs> butter. <laughs> Baby came so, and tell you it's butter. Start yeah. with butter. <laughs> I, I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm thinking there was lots of real butter before they used the uh, other stuff. That's well, true. I think a lot of it too was amazing. connection. You know, just the support of family and lots of good times mm-hmm. and lots of and just enjoyment of life. You know, a decision to in, to enjoy life. But well, uh, I'll tell you on this topic, the one thing. That I've enjoyed more than anything. I'm not a Facebook guy. I just, I'm not. Um, But one of our older daughters, who is married to a career uh, military man, uh, was stationed overseas. And some families they were familiar with introduced them to a platform called Viber. And it's, it's like having your own private family Facebook. No one else is allowed in that's not invited in. And we're on that Viber literally 12 or 13 times a day checking with family in Brussels, Belgium, Salt Lake City, or wherever, you know. Portland, they D.C. Are. Portland, yeah, Oregon, awesome. D.C. Uh, and, and you get to see a face. You get to hear a voice. You, you get to exchange thoughts on events of the day. So as it relates to any of those, I'm going to give you the testimony of someone that doesn't particularly like technology, that Viber, for me, has been very, very easy. Does it cost us anything? I was going to say, it's a free platform. You can get it as an app on your smartphone or a website. (laughs) But it's, it's really just a sophisticated texting mechanism, but it is private. You can house everything in that, and it's not going to... If you just use it for your family, it's not going to get convoluted with other things. Like, and you're not going to get distracted by looking at everything on Facebook. And, you know, Facebook has some real security issues. And that's Viber, V-I-B-E-R. Yes, that's sir. right. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And it got to the point where some of the family were becoming politically agitated <laughs> over the course of the last uh, election. And not all of our family is on the same page there. So then as the, as the grandpa, I came in and I made a rule. Okay, if you're all going to talk politics, you're going to get off my Viber page. 
you're going to start a Romero newsroom. Yes, we have and a newsroom. So, so all the political conversations happen somewhere separate. On Grandpa's page, we're just talking about it snowed. When's Grandpa going to be here to teach us how to ski? You know, and when you get to see football you, games. When are you coming yeah. to Brussels? Yeah, get to watch Remy in football. You know, uh, Roxy and Tinley on horseback. Uh, Charlotte and Chloe you know, on their bird biking and on their bird watching. Uh, adventures down to uh, Portal. So, uh, Viber. If you're going to give someone the gift of digital communication, it's hard to get in trouble because it doesn't create a bunch of massive emails. And there's no ads. I mean, there's, there's nothing. There's no ads, it's no very nothing. independent. So, highly recommend. There's my two cents. Yeah. All right. So, that would be a great gift idea. We did get a text and someone asked, on the topic of air conditioning, do I need to have my air conditioner heat pump checked twice a year or just in the spring? Manufacturers would have you do it twice a year, uh, spring and fall. I would tell you, uh, for a heat pump, if it's fairly new and it doesn't void the warranty, I, I wouldn't lose sleep over missing one of those the first two or three years I had the unit. But uh, it's a good habit to get in while they're there. Have them check the integrity of the return air duct. Uh, get their opinion as to whether or not you're changing your filter often enough based on the cleanliness of the coil. Uh, have them check the accuracy of the thermostat. Uh, a lot of programmable thermostats right now, and we don't generally encourage homeowners to program their own thermostats because you, you you generally fry the brain of the unit. Uh, it can be a little complicated. And then you've got all the people that come home when they're not supposed to and try and override the program. <clears throat> and <throat> it just makes it harder and harder and harder. <laughs> Can't so, help myself, Gary. <laughs> getting, it's now, too cold. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So uh, most manufacturers and service providers would tell you twice a year would be just perfect spring and fall at 9:50 this gorgeous Arizona Saturday morning what are you up to what would you like to try and get done in and about and around your house, home, castle, or cabin. Give us a ring at one 767 4348 And our uh, student from Walter Cronkite School of Journalism, Miss Alicia Singh, will uh, take your call, get your name, your number, your question, and we'll pull you up on air as quick as we can. I'd like to just mention one little text that came in here about condensate. We were talking about it, and uh, Sharon from Phoenix says, my 23-year-old unit uh, is draining rusty condensate. Mm. Should I worry? Well, you, you might. At 23 years old, the unit has well-lived past its uh, uh, economic life. You've gotten all the use out of that. I, could, I can almost guess what brand name it is. <laughs> um, now, that rust, Miss Sharon, could be coming from the condensate 
capture pan, which was a, wouldn't be that horrible. Uh, we could probably fix that fairly inexpensively. But there's a chance at 23 years old, it's actually from the cooling coils itself. And that could be a problem. So surely you have someone that you trust that's been taking care of this unit for 23 years. Yeah, obviously you've been taking care of it pretty good for it to last this long. The next time they come out and take a look, see if they can't track back to where the origination of that rust is. Might start saving your pennies too. <laughs> yes, yes. 23-year-old air conditioner, that's, that's just about twice as long as they say they should last. I got um, info email this week. It's the way week. they used to make things. Used to. Used to could. <laughs> that was a long time ago. Um, so I had a question this week from some friends who have a cabin up in the White Mountains. And uh, they're getting ready to winterize. They were heading up for the weekend to kind of close up <clears throat> because they won't be going back up. And uh, she wanted to know if they should put antifreeze Ooh. in the toilet to no. keep it from freezing. No. I didn't think that sounded like a good idea. No, don't do it. Um, we don't want antifreeze in our septic systems, and we certainly don't want to be sending antifreeze down the waistline uh, to city water reclamation facilities. Uh, that's just not a good product. I'm going to give you... Uh, Gary was talking about his 99-year-old Cajun mother. I'm going to give you the best tip I ever learned from my now-deceased Cajun grandpa, Raymond Maurice Saunier. And when he got ready to close that duck camp for the winter and, and head all the way north to New Roads, north of Interstate 10, he would always buy the cheapest bottle of one-gallon vodka he could find. And he would just pour about two cups of that vodka into each toilet. It will not evaporate, and it will seal it up. And that apparently was his little trick. So draining the system would be best. Um, and you do that by, by finding the lowest faucet in your system. Yeah. Letting all the water out. But adding that little bit of alcohol to the toilet and the tank and every place water congregates will raise the freeze point significantly higher. You can keep a bottle of vodka. Maybe that's how he figured it out. He always had a bottle of vodka in the freezer, and it was always liquid. Mm. So anyway, there, there's the Kajian trick of closing down the camp, brought to you by Raymond Maurice Saunier from Kajian Ted Verde. We have a nice article on, the, on our blog and on our website, and I'll put that up on Facebook on how to winterize your cabin. Shutting down the cabin for winter. All right, plenty we'll be- of vodka to stay warm during yeah, the Yeah, that's right. There's a lot of uses for that vodka. <laughs>